Welcome to Listen In. My name is Stephanie Gates, and I want to invite you to listen in on conversations I have with my friends as we discuss engaging college students with the gospel. Well, friend, thanks for sitting down with me and just being willing to have a conversation. I want to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself, share your title, and just tell a little bit about uh, what you do and even just your experience with college students. So my name is Jessica DeRoach. I work with North Central Texas College. I am the senior director of the First State Baking Exchange in Denton and the Flyer Mountain Campus. So I have worked with NCTC, goodness... It will be 14 years in October, um, so a long time. And previously before that, I was in grad school, and then I did all the school stuff. So so I've been in college and around college students for quite a long time. Um, as far as ministry with college students, ever, I came to UNT, became a believer, and then started attending a church and kind of got plugged in that direction. And then after I got married, we decided we love college students. So we kind of filtered back into that realm and have kind of on and off worked with college students ever since. And we've been married 15 and a half years, so a while. So that love college students. That's how we first met, mm-hmm. was you were leaders for a church college ministry. And when I came into BSM, that was, I guess, our how we first became friends. Mm-hmm. And now you've kind of continued into this other role of um, not only being around college students through your church, but in, obviously professionally as well. And with your opportunities being specifically at a community college, I really thought it might it would be helpful for us to kind of talk through mm-hmm. what you're seeing there. So the question that I want us to discuss is what are the things that you wish our churches understood about community college students? So when I say that question, what comes to mind? First thing is a student's a student. So whether they go to a four-year school or a two-year school, they're a student. Whether they're taking three hours, four hours, 12 hours, whatever, there are college students to college students. I think what we see um, as a difference is our range of students are very diverse. So we get dual credit, so it can still be in high school, all the way to I'm 50 something years old and I'm coming to get a degree because I've always wanted to do that. So we kind of have a big gap in ages and and range, uh, whereas I think four-year institutions tend to have more of the 18 to 24. And then obviously if they have grad programs, it kind of stair steps there. But usually programming is not geared towards grad students. It's all geared towards um, freshmen to seniors. So, um, But community colleges, we have a high turnover rate. So they don't camp with us for very long. We do have some campers where they're there for a few years and we're like, when do they go? Um, but most of the time they're here for a semester or two, a year or two, and then they go. Um, so they're still a student. Just the range of what we're doing with them is a little different. And then obviously our goal is to have them graduate and or transfer to a four-year school, um, which is very scary for a lot of community college students is that transfer point because it's something new and different. Some students come to community college because it's close, um, two, because it's cheaper, um, so they're saving money, and so forth, or it works better with their schedules. Um, So that transition from a two-year to a four-year can be easy or hard depending on the student. So I think you've highlighted a lot of important things. I want us to break them down. Mm-hmm. So first you said the range is very wide. Um, I think when we think college ministry, we automatically think that demographic that you mentioned, 18 to 24. 
but that's not your reality. And so anytime a church would want to specifically engage students at a community college, they need to have that perspective in mind, that there could be a 15, 16, 17, 18-year-old that's still in high school, Mm -hmm. as well as a a single mom and someone who's a part of the military. So now they've transferred in and they're doing this, or even someone who is retired, Mm -hmm. but now wants to go do something else. So now they're sitting in class. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really helpful perspective to kind of put into place. My first thought is, then what would it even look like to engage a campus that is so diverse just with age? We're not even getting into the rest of diversity that's going to factor in. Mm -hmm. And so my first thought is, even as a BSM director, is what would I do with that? And how do I actually, in practical steps step into wanting to share the gospel on that campus Mm -hmm. so that I can see it'd be very easy for a church to be overwhelmed with just that reality. Um, What would you say? I would say that um, a helpful tip for churches would be learn the culture of a campus. So my institution, we have five campuses. We're building a six and every campus is very different. We're not all like copy paste copy paste you know our home campus is in a rural community but it has dorms and sports teams and has lots of acreage and and rodeo and things that on my campus which is in the middle of a neighborhood doesn't doesn't have and so it's really truly learning what does that campus environment look like that culture look like Mm -hmm learning the staff, learning who is on that campus, who you can kind of plug in with, whether that be student life, administration, a specific community group that's on campus, a student group, um, and kind of do your research, ask the questions, and really get how does your church match or your ministry match. So with the age range, though, you have to decide if that culture of that campus is more non-traditional students, is that where your church is wanting to go. You know, maybe it is, maybe it's not. If they have a more traditional view of college ministry and young adult ministry, then you would want to target, obviously, that population. And then the rest of the population, you would leave for somebody else to kind of pick up or minister to. So I think internally, the church has to decide, what is that vision for us? And then really, how does that match with what's on campus and what resources are already there that maybe you can plug into and or where's a need? Because there's needs across all institutions. So like on my campus, a big need is, you know, we didn't have a food pantry. So through our community internally, we were able to provide that resources. We had no idea that students were hungry until we started leaving out baskets of food and then it was gone, which some people just eat to eat. But then there were some people, I need this for my family or we don't get paid till the end of the week. So we need these resources. Um, And so that was a need that needed to get met. But just being available and being open to work with institution is really, really important. I think that's that can lead us to a really helpful conversation. So first off, this idea of we need to go in and do recon. We need to try to scope out what what makes this campus unique, what is going on in this community, what students are coming, and then who can help us be able to translate what we see. And so I think 
really first praying for a person of peace that's already a part of that community that can be your translator. And so like over Christmas break, I brought a church to come sit down with you and literally just said, okay, Jessica, tell us about your campus. This church is in your community. They want to engage here. Mm-hmm. And so you became our person of peace. You were the one that could really say, here's the reality. Here's what's going on. And then from that, we wanted to talk about what are your needs? What can they do to partner in with you? We think the first step should be, let's do a Bible study or let's do um, some form of a small group. But in all reality, it's a lot about relational evangelism Mm -hmm. and being a consistent and faithful presence in a new place. Mm -hmm. And so through having a person of peace that can say, here are our needs, then we get to recognize, okay, we can step in providing food or whatever those needs may be. And I always say that the end goal where we hope to get is a Bible study. Mm -hmm. But before we can get there, it can take a year or two of just building relationships, learning the campus, getting an idea of what it could look like to actively be there. Mm -hmm. And I think having that framework in mind is just really, really helpful. I'm really glad that you brought that up Mm -hmm. because I don't think that's our natural tendency is to think of... Instead of just jumping to what I think ministry should look like, Mm -hmm. what does it look like for us to actively come in and become part of the community? I know one thing that's been really important for me, so I've been doing this for 13 years. I started to recognize the importance of consistency Mm -hmm. and showing up. How important would you say those two concepts, just showing up and being consistent, would be for anyone who wanted to do ministry on your campus? I think that's the number one thing. Um, I've had other organizations and other churches reach out to our campus in the past, and it didn't work. They had a vision that they wanted, and it only could be a certain way. And we and we would try, and I would work with them, but you can only, you know, do so much. You can't. I can't force students to be a part of it. Um, they have to want to engage, and if they don't, they don't. Um, but I think consistency is key. So something that we on my campus and individuals that I work with, we have a, a thing called stranger danger. So if a student is like doesn't know you, they're not going to engage with you. But if they see you on campus and they see you doing things, eventually they're going to get familiar and comfortable with you. So then you're not a stranger anymore. And not every student's that way. But it's just something that we refer to because it happens. Even with us, sometimes we're like, we don't know you. I can't talk to you. It's like, but I work here. But I don't know you. And it's like, but I work here. And so it, it takes a while. It takes for them. And, you know, on my campus, I'm known as the lady that kind of walks around with the keys because they, so they can kind of hear me coming. Just it's how mm-hmm. it ends up happening. But there, I'm a familiar face. And so it's getting to the point where maybe in the beginning, it's not I'm going to implement a Bible study. It's I'm going to see the culture. But, you know, what? I'm going to sit here and observe or, you know, I can observe, I can pass out donuts, I can whatever, whatever that looks like, just to be a face. And then if you do that weekly or monthly or whatever, students get to recognize you, which is great. And then they'll want to engage. Um, so I think sometimes what we I've seen is people fast forward to like the end of the movie and it's like, okay, well, we're not even there yet. You have to build the story and that can take a while and that can be frustrating. And it's harder, I think, on a community college campus because our population shifts and changes so frequently. So engaging can be easy, but having that longevity could be hard because our students aren't here for four straight years. Typically, they're there a year, two, maybe three, depending on their program, and then they're gone, um, whether they graduate and or transfer. So I think 
part of that conversation for a church is really realistic being, what are we wanting to do? Are we wanting just to have the numbers and like, oh, we just want this? Or is it really truly, I want to engage these students and pour into them. And if it's two, awesome. If it ends up being 10 to 20, great. But a number is just a number. It's really, what are you impacting that person's life? So. It comes down to that intentional investment mm-hmm. and being able to, to see a, a larger kingdom perspective. Um, oftentimes I'll have conversations with churches that say, well, we don't want really worry about college ministry because they don't tithe or they're only going to be here for so long. But ultimately being able to look and to say, okay, even if I'm just investing for a semester or a year or two years, think about how that could possibly change the trajectory of the student's life mm-hmm. and their involvement in the church for the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a helpful perspective and framework to have when it just comes to thinking through, why should I invest in this generation? Mm -hmm. And I think when we think about consistency, it's maybe shifting from a consistent group of students to a consistent presence. Mm -hmm. And that presence on your campus could be, I'm getting to know this student for a semester or a year or two years, but also I'm getting to know the staff. I'm getting to know other people that are part of my community. And so from that, you get to kind of see how ministry can not just be to the student, but literally becoming a ministry to everyone who walks into those buildings. Mm -hmm. And I think just a ministry of presence uh, is a helpful way to think about it. And so some practical ways that we do that on our campus, and I know across the state, is through tabling. So just as you said, setting up once a week and saying, I'm going to hand out donuts, I'm going to hand out pizza, bottled water, granola bar whatever that may be solely for the opportunity to hopefully get to have conversations Mm -hmm. and then from there you know okay on Mondays we're going to be here the same students are going to be walking by and you might only be seeing a small population of the student on campus because you can just be there that one time a week but if you're there consistently you become you're becoming familiar Mm -hmm. and you're getting then those opportunities to hopefully talk to those students as they come and grab the donuts Mm -hmm. and those the faculty and staff as they're doing the same and then I think being patient and recognizing that there's an element of distrust already. I don't know who you are. You you brought that up, and that's just normal in this generation. Mm-hmm. As well as recognizing it's going to take some time to build any kind of a relationship, but especially when there's nothing already there. And if the student has no background in church, they might be why are you here? Why do you hand out donuts? What are you thinking? So there's already an element of confusion and distrust. And so we have to be patient and recognize it's going to take some relational equity, Mm -hmm. not only for them to become familiar, but for them to start to trust me. And the only way I can do that is by being consistent and showing up. And I think it's it's extremely helpful when we can find a person of, of peace on the campus that can provide those opportunities and open those doors because that can be really hard. And we're seeing that across the campus uh, when we're trying to start other BSMs on community colleges or other mm-hmm. or other um, campus locations. And so I think, first off, having you is a blessing, um, not only because of your perspective of the campus, but also your perspective of ministry and having uh, a heart for college students and you want them to know the gospel too. And so you being in a place of influence and mm-hmm. saying, come on in, I'll do whatever I can. Mm-hmm. My hope is that our churches would not only celebrate your heart and your position, but would want to steward that 
open door really well. Yeah. And that's my hope is that we can come in and partner to not only engage the NCTC Flyer Mound campus, but hopefully all of them in the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. And so I appreciate just you sharing with us. Is there any last thoughts that you would want uh, to say, okay, local church, if you want to think about community college ministry, Here's one more thing I want you to think about. I think, too, it's you, you hit it on with patience. I think it really, truly is patience. It's not something that you're maybe going to have fruit the first semester or the first week. It could be a year or two. But just being faithful and knowing that you're, you're giving and giving, there's going to be fruit there. And you know what? It may not be in a college student. It could be in a faculty or staff that needed it, too. And so our, our campus is pretty rotational as far as people coming in and out, whether it's somebody dropping off paperwork or a professor who's on another campus that comes over. I mean, you see different people, but then you see the same people. And it's understanding you could have a wider net and even greater than you even realize, which is great. And so um, just learning that it's okay if it's not 100 college students. It could be a handful. It could be a staff member. It could be our cleaning lady. It could be the bus driver who drives our shuttle. You never, you never know, but just every little bit helps. You know, this semester, the church that you connected us with, you know, they wanted to pour into the faculty and our staff too, because, you know, the beginning of the semesters are always a lot going on, very chaotic. And so they came in and just gave, like brought breakfast and I think everybody was like, why are they doing this? I was like, because they want to come and help. And so I had to explain from that perspective, like, they're just here to give. They're not here because they want something from us. They truly just want to give. So I got to do, you know, do education on that side of it with our with our people. And so it's been fun to kind of watch that and kind of see where it can go. And I don't know where it's going to go, but it, the, the presence is, the, is key in the consistency and just patience. So. Yeah. And I think that's a principle that I I think we see modeled throughout Scripture. Mm-hmm. It's just I'm gonna I use this this uh, these three words. It's proximity. I'm gonna go to where you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, presence. I want to invest really well, and I'm gonna be really patient and trust that the Spirit is gonna come and move and work through me just being available and obedient to step into this space. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the framework for college ministry is I want to be where you are, I want to invest really well, and I'm going to be patient and understand it's just going to take some time. So my last question that I've been ending my conversations with Mm -hmm. is this. Why do you think the local church should care about college students? Oh, why not? You know, is my question is, they're the next generation, and that's very cliche to say, but they truly are, and they don't know what they don't know, and so you have to tell them. And you have to kind of guide them. And while we've been talking, it kind of brought me back because I wasn't a believer. I became a believer in college. And um, somebody who walked alongside of me, you actually had on here, um, she's been in my life for 20 years. She started college ministry in 1999. That's when I met her. And we were talking about that the other day when we were at our college group that we lead. And it's just she's been in my life. She's consistent, ups, downs you know, all kinds of different things, different churches, everything. And I want that for students. And what's interesting is I came here and went to school and I haven't left. So students, some students don't leave. So they can plug in and be a part of the local church and community. And some of them have such great experience. They want to get back. But I, 
again, my question is, why wouldn't you want to pour into that generation? And I think where that generation is now, there's all kinds of different issues, and we can that's a whole other conversation. Um, yes, it is. I plan on having that one with yeah. you sometime. <clears throat> mental health is a big deal. Um, and since I'm a counselor, I see that a lot. Um, but just having the opportunity to pour into them and really guide them through life because it's changed. I mean, since I've been in college, things have changed. Technology has shifted. The dependence on things has shifted. And so it's understanding, okay, they're different, and that's okay that they're different, and we don't have to conform to everything. It's really guiding them through the whole process. And it's okay if you make a mistake. It's okay that you don't know this. I remember being in, uh, well, what was Sunday school going, I don't know that song. I didn't sing that because I didn't grow up in the church and stuff and uh, and so forth. But, um, yeah, so just be patient, be consistent. Having that proximity, mm-hmm. like you said, is really important, and we have to build that next level, and they're the next level. Yeah, I agree. That's why I do what I do. Yeah, me too. And so it's been fun for me to ask that question uh, as I have these conversations and everybody there's the same underlying thread uh, Mm -hmm. but it's fun to get to hear everybody else's perspective Mm -hmm. and I think you're looking at it from the standpoint of not only why not but I was one of them too Mm -hmm. and I think that uh, that even one more time shares the urgency of yeah there are other students just like you were Mm -hmm. that didn't know Jesus and we get the opportunity because God brought them here for their education and he's just said, okay, churches, how are you going to steward? Mm-hmm. Here in Denton County that we have over 60,000 college students, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. How are we going to get around them? How are we going to engage them with the gospel? Yeah. And that's our that's our hope mm-hmm. is by having these conversations that we're going to be taking those steps mm-hmm. to be more intentional with the opportunity the Lord has placed right in front of us. So thank you for your time no, no and for just being willing for me to ask this question because I think... We're going to see some shifts happening in education. Mm-hmm. Research is showing that students are rethinking education. Oh, and yes. so with that in mind, mm-hmm. I think we're going to see an increase in community college enrollment. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to see a decrease in the typical four-year enrollment. I think we're going to see an increase in online education, uh, certification programs, or even going straight into professional careers and trade school. Mm-hmm. And... I think we have to start to think through if we're only wanting to engage a four-year campus, we're missing a large percentage. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about community college. And then I think the next conversation is even what do we do with the students that are in our communities? But I think next step is definitely what do we do with the students that are on our community colleges? Mm -hmm. And so thank you for sharing your expertise and your input. And I just appreciate that we get to walk together uh, and serve our community. So thank you for all that you do and for your friendship too. You're welcome. Thank you. If you would like to continue this conversation, you can contact me at stephaniemgates.com. The music was created by my talented friend, Vince Romanelli. Thank you for listening.